0: Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the Academy I-3 podcast, where our goal is to inquire, inspire and impact the workforce in many different industries. My name is Charlie Rod Newson, and I am a Child Welfare Development Services Practice Coach at the Academy of Professional Excellence through San Diego State Research Foundation, where my goal is to work independently and in partnership with Riverside and Imperial County in coaching and workforce development services to public child welfare staff. I want to bring you A wealth of knowledge, experiences from our different guests that we bring on. And in today's episode, let's dive into our guests. Welcome back, listeners, to the Academy i3 podcast, where we aim to inquire inspire and impact the workforce. Today we have a wonderful guest, Joanne. Um, I'd love to be able to introduce her and bring her into the space. Uh, So Joanne, please feel free to introduce yourself.
1: Thank you so much, Charlie, for inviting me to be part of this project. I feel very um, honored and I'm so happy to be here. My name is Joanne Chen. I'm an organization development specialist and Certified Strengths Coach at the Academy for Professional Excellence. And as part of my work, um, I focus on staff development, helping to create and facilitate staff trainings and events so that people could feel connected to each other so that I can help people grow and thrive at the Academy. And as part of my role, um, I feel like I'm here to remind people as a certified strengths coach to celebrate the strengths that they bring to their work and to help people keep their strengths front of mind and to develop resources going to help people use and develop their strengths during their career journeys at the academy.
0: Absolutely and most definitely I, I, I I know in our conversation today, we really sort of go into a little bit more about, you know, strengths coaching, strengths-based coaching. I'm really kind of curious, though, before we dive into that, you know, like what, what, where do you find some of the, the impact within your role? What's something that really excites you about being in your role?
1: Um, I would say the impacts I've seen is special in private coaching sessions with staff. I coach new staff members right now privately. And also, in a few days, I'm going to be coaching my team, Strategy and Outcomes team, on Cliff and Strengths. And what I love about these sessions is the fact that people's eyes light up. And they're like, oh my gosh, I feel validated. Wow, these ha- these are my strengths, and I am I have been bringing these strengths into my current role, my past roles. So it's just so gratifying to see people's um, light bulbs coming on, the discoveries that happen, and people feeling good about themselves and feeling encouraged that yes, they have a lot to bring to their work, to their lives, and and that there are different tips or considerations that they can also take away so that they can use and develop their strengths better um, with their team and also in their solo work. So it's just seeing the transformation that people go through from the beginning of a coaching session to the end of a coaching session and helping people feeling empowered and feeling like, wow, there's some things that they can do to take back to their work.
0: Yeah, most certainly different different impact points uh, in within your role and within the things that you know bring a lot of passion for you. And so, I would imagine you know with with coaching um, and also sort of the the layering of strengths coaching that there's sort of some maybe some similarities, some differences. Um, you know, for you, what you know, why why strengths coaching? Why why is it important? What what it sort of what does it bring to the table um, within the coaching space?
2: Yeah, and I can start
1: if I may on a little bit of my personal journey, going into strengths coaching, and then maybe give provide some specific data on the importance of strengths coaching and the benefits that it brings. So I'm I'm a um, I'm from Taiwan originally, and as part of my journey through life, I've had to learn to let go of perfectionism and people pleasing, which were part of my upbringing. And as to be a perfect Tommy's daughter it meant getting great grades, no matter what the subject, uh, would be going to great schools, getting a maybe get a PhD or MD. And if you can't do that, you marry someone who have one of those degrees, right? And then have great jobs and have two kids. One boy and a girl, preferably. Right. So for a number of years, I thought that would be the path I was I was meant to follow. Until college, after taking three semesters of organic chemistry classes, my journey as a pre-med ended. And my journey as a spiritual seeker began. So for years I went on this quest to figure out, okay, so what is my purpose to be on this earth? What are my strengths and what are my talents so that I can be my best self and contribute to the world? So personally, I find that with school, with school, we've been, some of us have been taught to seek perfection, right? Even our families, maybe we have families who have um, great demands for us. So we're to, Strive to be perfect, but that is so, that can be so draining and tiring and soul crushing, right? So one of the things that I really believe in is that with strengths coaching, that if we could help people identify what they're great at, what feels natural to them, what feels easy, what helps them feel experiences of flow, help them feel joy and fulfillment, why not? right and in addition the people will be more productive people will be happier and then the enjoyment the impact the the better work performance is going to ripple out and have an impact on the people around them so it's going to be a ripple effect and i'm hoping that you know i the work i've been doing i hope i'm hoping it's been creating that ripple so we all are touched by People's strengths work. Yeah, so that's one. So that's so I just give you the personal backstory of what really fuels my passion. And in terms of data from academia, I can tell you that there have been studies where people looked at, they looked at 27 workplace studies of strengths based interventions. And these studies were published between uh, t- 2010 and 2019. And the, what they found was that when people apply strengths used in the workplace, there was positive impact on well-being, including satisfaction, pleasure, commitment, sense of meaning, and of course, there's positive impact on work performance. Uh, strengths use, focusing on strengths, will help. Decrease employee burnout and turnover. It will increase employee motivation and ability to manage workload and overall increase productivity, sales, profit, and team performance. So there are lots and lots of benefits for people to, first of all, they don't know what their strengths are to allocate time to find out, okay, what are my strengths? And then to, um, apply their strengths
2: at
0: work. Absolutely. I, I love that you brought in your own personal experience into that because, you know, I think with strengths, it, it, I look at it as sort of that untapped potential, you know, there, there's sort of that potential within someone where if, if they acknowledge those strengths, like, wow, like to the moon, like you, you can really sort of see how much they're, they, they, they sort of lean into their strengths and almost amplify it to where, like, they start to enjoy all these different things that they're doing. And, you know, being able to kind of discover that, find that can sort of make a difference and sort of how they interact with not only just the, their work, but also just interact with others as well. Yeah. So, I you love
1: know. your metaphor of what did you say?
0: <laughs> to, to the moon. moon. To the to
1: moon. moon. <laughs> because I bet, I bet a lot of us, we don't know what's our potential, what is actually possible. Right. So I feel like as a strengths coach, I'm here to ask questions, to help people consider new possibilities, to expand their minds. Right. Because to to just kind of help people lean to the edge if they want to. So I feel that's part of my job. And it's exciting. It's exciting. I never know what's going to come out. And people surprise me of the ideas I think of, of the actions that they decide to take. is really inspiring.
0: Yeah. And, and and I know even sort of for in some of the statistics and some of the, the, the research that you bring in, sort of like, I guess, how how does strengths lean into not only the work, so like what's the impact on the work as well as like the quality of life for some folks? Like, you know, can, can they see sort of that crossover in terms of You know, uncovering their strengths and seeing how it can sort of cross over into other aspects as well beyond their work.
1: Um, I actually haven't looked at literature that's related to things outside of work, but there could be. And I don't, since I haven't looked at those, um, I don't want to misspeak. But I believe that there would be some studies that look into that. And I wish I have the, the data here with me. But in terms of a little bit more on the effect on work, Don Clifton of Gallup, who created the Clifton Strengths Finder, he said that people who follow, people who focus on their strengths at work are six times as likely to be engaged in their jobs and more than three times as likely to report having an excellent quality of life in general. So that's one statistic I can give you that also speaks about life outside. Of-
0: yeah, no, I, I think that that's, that in itself is, is pretty impactful and glaring where it's like, wow, like six times, three times um, for quality of life. It's like, wow, like can, can folks really be finding that missing piece to sort of amplify their work a little bit more or amplify their quality of life a little bit more. And, I think with strengths, like there, there could at least be that possibility.
1: And even just twofold or 33% more productive. I mean, that's those are impactful numbers.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. So then, as we sort of carry that forward, you know, then how can we then start to? utilize our strengths, you know, especially if we're working towards something, whether that may be a goal, whether that might be other aspects of our, you know, our, our work um, journey, sort of how can we utilize our strengths in that sort of way to establish those goals, maybe in developing other um, areas like decision-making, self-care even?
1: I, I love all the areas that you just touched, because one of the things that, Um, I would like to share with folks is that having a knowledge of what your strengths are is so important because because you'll realize that we don't have to be everything to everybody. We don't have to know how to do everything or do everything well. And that have the knowledge and they have the ability to apply the knowledge about strengths into your work, into your everyday life would mean that you can be selective. You can intentionally invest energy and time in the things that will give you the more juice, right? That that you can be the most impactful in. So it really helps with decision-making. So that's something that I really wanna, share with people today, because there's so many people who are burnt out. And I'm, as I'm sharing, I'm, I'm feeling a little emotional about this too. It just, I know people, and even myself have been through burnout periods and we're juggling so much. And a lot of people are overcommitted and overworked. So I really would like to say that it's so important for to carve out some time, even though we're so busy and we think we don't have time to look into our strengths, but it's so important to pause and take that time to reflect on, you know, what are you good at? You know, what are some things you're good at? Maybe take an assessment. There are a lot of different assessments, a lot of different resources out there. If you take one assessment, read it, reflect on it and see if there are tips that you can apply to your lives, your work, and be selective. And and you could say, you know what, this thing I'm volunteering for, event planning, I'm not great at it, and I don't like doing it. It's not a strength of mine. So I'm going to say no. And it's okay, because somebody else who is better at event planning can take over this. And then I can invest time in self-care and then investing activities that will play to my strengths. So that's, so that's kind of the overarching thing I wanted to share with folks. Now, in terms of goal setting, and I love the topic of goal setting. I'm glad you brought it up. It's actually there are two pieces. There is number one, the selection of a goal or designing of a goal, right? Figuring out what your focus, what you wanna focus on uh, for, for maybe a couple of months or so. And the other piece is designing a process that is sustainable by taking account of your strengths. OK, so the first part I can start talking about and love, would love your input too, if you're interested, um, is to select a goal that plays to your strength. So the example I can think of is exercising. Boy, oh boy, I've set so many exercise goals throughout my life now. <laughs> I've succeeded. I failed. Oh, so I'm speaking from experience right now, okay? I'm just going to be very vulnerable and being open and honest. So what I've done without taking into my, my interest, my strengths, I would, what I would do sometimes is I would follow, um, programs or I used to follow programs by Beachbody Body as a company. Or I might read about some cool workout like, wow, somebody is running. You know, Tony Robbins ran for 30 days straight when he made a decision to lose weight, right? And I would just kind of take other people's ideas and other people's programs and try to adopt them for myself. And not surprised, I sometimes crash and burned more than a few times. So I didn't really take into account my interests, my, my tendencies, my strengths. So one thing to consider when you're designing a goal like exercise is, is one of your strengths being a social person? Do you like interactions with people? Do you, are you competitive? Is one of your strengths being a competitive person? Do you like games? right? Do you like to keep score? Do you like to have milestones and checkpoints? So all those different elements could be part of the design of your program and how you choose, how you choose what goals that you set, right? So let's say that you decide I'm going to exercise. And if you are a social person, you love to interact with others. Please don't start a self-paced program by yourself at home. How about consider setting up appointments with a friend to take walks or take hikes, or maybe play a sports game every week with a group of your best friends or coworkers, right? So you put that in. And if you're a competitive person, maybe you're thinking, you know, I would love to um, get further with running, and I'm, but I'm gonna use one of these apps, so I'm gonna design, like a checklist or a spreadsheet, I'm gonna be able to track how many miles I run per week. And that juices me. Okay, the point is that feels good. It's not like, okay, Joanne, you're gonna use a spreadsheet to make progress. So I'm like, nah, I don't like spreadsheets. Okay, it's boring. It's, but the, the whole point is to design a process that's gonna be sustainable and possibly enjoyable right? The more enjoyable, the better that you feel you look forward to. Instead of like kind of dragging yourself out of the bed every morning, I'm going to go do my self-paced yoga program versus I'm going to go hang out with friends at the yoga studio. We're going to go through this program together and we'll see progressions and we're going to go to dinner afterwards, right? So yeah, so as I was sharing what, was any part of that sharing resonate with you, Charlie?
0: Oh yeah, totally. I, I would certainly say like there it becomes more of an experience, um, especially as we start to think about this in in terms of you know that's sort of the, the personal self-care aspect of it and, and sort of how do we, how do we approach that. And I would say it translates very well in, in connecting it to the workplace as well because you know if we can find different ways to energize even some of the work that we're doing, and finding just that missing piece that that sort of helps to bring it into more of, this is just a task versus versus, this could be an experience. I I think it makes it a little bit more of, okay, now I'm more engaged in it. Now I'm more able to um, possibly interact with others, ask ask questions, be very involved in it and immersed in it. Mm. I think that's what really resonated with me. And then I, I think another part as well, I think you mentioned it, earlier when you re- I really valued and honored just sort of the vulnerability that you had when you started talking about that intentionality when it came to um, how do we approach this with our goals because I, I even bring this up a lot with coaching. It's like we have to be almost intentional about when we're approaching these different things because while we we can definitely honor that, time is, is probably one of the hardest things that we can have for us and, the, and all the work that we do if we sort of approach it in a way like, okay, we can't necessarily create more time. However, the time that we have, Mm. how can we be be very strategic with that to where we're making an investment of, okay, I'm going to spend this time to be able to set and design my goals, or I'm going to spend this time to be able to speak to someone else about my strengths or about coaching. Um, That investment will start to pay off dividends much later.
1: I really love what you share, Charlie, because it's there's something about you talked about quality, quality and also the person to focus on the experience, acknowledging that we are human beings. And that instead of just saying we're going to pick a goal or we're going to use our head to design a goal for us, we're going to ask people to we're suggesting that that's considered the whole of you your whole being when designing a process or a goal. Let's consider your well-being. Let's consider your interests and your strengths. And not just say, you are, you're just going to you know, make a checklist of things you're going to do. You're like a robot. You're going to just get things done, right? What about the enjoyment of it, right? How can we help design a process that's going to really speaks to you? That's your process. Instead of saying, we're going to take a self-help guru's advice. We're going to apply it. But instead, instead, let's customize it for you, right? So that it's going to fit you like a glove. Or And if it doesn't initially, every time you try it, every time you experiment, it's going to get closer and closer to your ideal process so that you can just, okay, I'm done. I've designed this great process. It's repeatable, I don't have to worry about it. It's a system now, I can just, I can just do it. I could just do it weekly or monthly or, or daily, right? And the other thing that we, I think we were kind of talking about is relationship. Our relationship with goal setting. What does that mean to us? Our relationship with taking action toward achieving a goal. How can we design, how, or maybe how can we redesign or recreate our relationship with the goal or the goal setting process, right? So, how does what brings up for you when I said relationship?
0: You know, I I kind of look at relationship and that redesign almost kind of like in together um, because it makes me think about just even the work that we do, at least the work that I do um, with those who I coach with, and it's like they. They may think that a lot of this is sort of new. Like I have to do something new. I have to add on another bucket or another task to everything that I'm doing. However, it could be looked at in a sense like, well, what are what are you already doing? and how can we sort of make those, you know minor alterations or how can we amplify it a little bit more? How can we upgrade it? And I think some of that could be tied in with the relationship piece because it's like, okay, well, what are some things I'm already doing? And could I be doing that with another person? Mm -hmm. where they can add another perspective to it, they can add another feedback. And maybe even think like something I was working on this morning um, with a colleague where it's yes, it's a program that we're working on together. However, we worked on some things independently. But then when we came together, and and just had time and space to be able to work on it together and have like a working meeting, essentially, Mm -hmm. it, it felt very like, alive it felt like you know we were just sort of creating this and it we were bouncing off ideas from each other and it felt a lot more integrated as opposed to me just sort of doing that independently and just sort of bringing updates essentially
1: yeah it feels more organic
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it's collaborative right and then in terms of relationship with the goal or goal setting it's like how can i co-create whatever happens as i'm experimenting right experimenting trying to achieve these goals trying to design a process i'm kind of collaborating with with what happens or what shows up in reality right and then and how can i if i were to change my view of the goal setting or my relationship with goal setting to something healthier right instead of like well i'm just checking off exercise on my list every day is just something I have to do and I hate doing it or I'm afraid to go to the gym because I'm afraid of people looking at me and seeing my imperfections right so instead of seeing so instead of seeing exercise as something that's anxiety provoking or something you want to avoid it's kind of like wow this is me time I'm going to treat my body really well during the next thirty minutes. We're going to do yoga, so this is going to be helping my body. And wow, I really enjoy my this process. I'm really enjoying this gold I have. It's helping me feel better. So how mm-hmm. how did that land for you?
0: It you know like it, it 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 kind of made me think about what you were talking about earlier at the beginning um, about that sort of perfection piece because I, I know a lot of times when when it comes to goals, myself, even like I, I start to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm not reaching this goal fast enough, I'm not seeing the results fast enough, or, mm. or, or something feels like a mistake here. And so it makes me less um, wanting to go towards that. And so I think part of it is also being able to recognize that mistakes, you know, it, it it's part of the process, you know, how do, how do we how do we view mistakes as sort of a, a learning opportunity and, and how do we see it as, you know, it, it's not going to necessarily stop me from pursuing my goal, but it's going to give me another point where I can look at and maybe reevaluate.
1: Yeah. And what you shared, I really appreciate what you shared is what I got was that there's pressure that we put on ourselves or pressures that we put on ourselves because of maybe. Um, The culture, there's some cultural expectations or family expectations. With exercise, we want to look, some people want to look good in certain ways, right? And we're, we're working ourselves so hard to attain that perfect image or that perfect standard, but it feels tense. I mean, when I even try to imagine that, it feels tense in my body and it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel healthy, it doesn't feel healthy. So I feel like this process is about, okay, recognizing that there are quote unquote standards out there. Well, who is setting those standards, right? Powerful people trying to influence how we act, how we think. But those, there are some external quote unquote standards, but
2: how will we like to live our lives while we achieve our goals? We have choice if we believe we have choices and we have a choice, we could say, you know what?
1: I I want to achieve my goal of, I don't know, losing 10 pounds, but I know that I can do it in a way that's going to be more enjoyable, that's gonna be more sustainable. And it's gonna invite me to become even more active, right? As opposed to following somebody else's agenda. And it's like, wow, I feel like I can't do this. I can't achieve my goal in a month. I'm a failure. But that's somebody else's program, right? That's somebody else's design. For you, you could achieve it in three months. That's still progress. Kudos if you could do that, right? And in your process and you probably feel better in your body, even instead of trying to push, instead of trying to push ourselves. In that way to adhere to somebody else's schedule program we could say you know what i'm going to take two or three months if I if needed to lose that 10 pounds. i'm going to enjoy what i'm doing so i'm actually changing my lifestyle i'm going to have an enjoyable lifestyle
0: yeah you know uh, I thought that I kind of had right now, I'm kind of curious to, to learn a little bit more from your perspective is um, what about when it comes to, let's just say a, a goal that we may have, like a, like a work goal, for example, um, and, and does it help or or I guess what's, what, what does it involve to be able to have accountability, let's just say from another person, be that my, my colleague, be that my supervisor, like does that help? within my goal? Or, you know, does it have an, any sort of impact on, on sort of like how I, I can work on my goal?
2: Um,
1: it could be helpful to have an external partner to your goal. And what would you be looking for in terms of having accountability? What is it about accountability?
0: I feel like with accountability, it it, it almost allows that space for maybe another person Maybe like I can learn from another person or I can and have that person sort of either remind me or check in with me. Exactly. Uh, so I feel, yeah. I feel like that, at least for me, that works. And I wonder if it, for others it could work the same where it's like uh, someone else is maybe just as invested, you know, or, or similarly invested and they want to check in on how I'm doing or they may, maybe want to provide some feedback or some thoughts because um, I could see that being beneficial in some ways to have that accountability.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's in terms of getting that feedback or designing a structure for accountability in terms of check-ins, maybe every other week or every month or so, absolutely, they could be very helpful. And it also depends on the individual. Some people could do very well with just checking once a month or once a quarter. and, And people could ask to say, well, how often would you like to check in or how often is needed? Right. So I feel like it's a very personal process and some people they could check in, they can maybe type up a progress report, send it to their supervisor. So it's a written form versus a verbal check in. So check ins or accountability could come in different forms. Definitely. And I definitely encourage people to have to work with mentors or work with their supervisors or coworkers and it's adding a social component to your goal setting. Right. And if you enjoy that, by all means, please do schedule some time and share and celebrate uh, your progress, celebrate the small successes and the large successes too. Right. And then the other piece would be to kind of reflect on, well, what didn't go as well as I hoped? Am I trying to achieve a goal that is It's probably going to take me some time to achieve it. Should I make it, have a, take a smaller bite to focus on the smaller goal? And then once I achieve it, right, may create smaller goals. Um, So kind of reflect on the process. Of course, I would always encourage people to celebrate first instead of, because sometimes I, I myself, sometimes I would be like, okay, chain that goal, check it off. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next thing. Hey, let's pause for a moment and pat ourselves on our shoulders or <laughs> clap, <laughs> applause, a round of applause, right? And just let your, and it's so important because then you take a pause and you actually feel
2: excited or some other emotions, right? Or some people, they just feel mood. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that.
1: Let's also go for the emotional fulfillment, not just the physical fulfillment of a goal, or it could be a financial goal, right? Not just the numbers, but let's feel it. Let's pause, let's build that into the goal achievement process. Let's give ourselves some time to celebrate by ourselves or with others and just feel, feel it. And I feel like with emotions, will help us fuel, will fuel us for the next steps.
0: Uh, so it's great that you're already starting to like bring up some of these questions that, you know, we can start to reflect on and think about, you know, what are some, maybe some other like impactful strength-based coaching questions that, that we can start to reflect on as it relates to our goals. Maybe it'll help us to keep on track. Maybe, maybe this is sort of building in questions that, that our accountability partner can even ask us. So what are some other questions that you think could be helpful for our listeners to know?
1: Yeah, I prepare a couple of questions to share today. And as I'm sharing the questions, feel free to listen for the flavor of the question so that it, I think it's not important to memorize the exact wordings, but just hear the flavoring, hear what are the key words in the questions I shared. Okay, so my first question I'd like to share with you is not very long. The question
2: is, um, is great to use when we are stuck. I don't know what to do. So one question could be, what options do I have? And I always encourage people to
1: try to come up with at least three options. I know that there's some scenarios situations where you have to decide between one or the or another option you're kind of like stay or go really difficult it's like ah both of them are not ideal but i don't have two choices so i like to always encourage people to come up with another option or additional options and it could be wild it could just be less wild but multiple options and then once you have a couple of ones, then you can consider, you can choose from. And the question, what options do I have? Kind of implies that we do have options. That there's, there are some possibilities we're not stuck. Okay, so that's, one que- so that's one question. Another question I like to ask is, when you think about a
2: successful day or project, what made it successful? And this encouraged folks to reflect, to kind of pause
1: and reflect, celebrate before moving on to the next thing, and just reflect and mind the elements or factors of this past success. And once you kind of determine, oh, this, my exercise goal, this one actually went really well because I actually made a point to set up appointments with a friend every week to go for a hike. Okay, so I, gotta, I, I could duplicate this in the future. If needed, I can find a different frame, but being social, incorporating a social into an exercise, goal, wow, you work for me. So you can go through this, so you can answer the question, think through, and then pull out elements that you can choose to incorporate into your next goal. It can help you sculpt a vision of your desired outcome and that you realize that success may be repeatable. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. You don't have to start from scratch. It's like success leaves clues. And I forgot which uh, self-help author said this, but it does leave clues. And when you pick out the elements or the factors of past success, feel free to create a checklist, feel free to create a description or guidelines for yourself so that you remember and then so kind of keep track and document the elements of success. Okay so are you
2: ready for another question?
1: Question number three. Okay so the next questions are similar and they're all related to helping you to focus on what's working well. So I, I know that sometimes when we're stuck we some of us we focus on okay what Okay, I'm going to focus on my weaknesses, my flaws, things didn't go well. And as you, your mind kind of ruminates, your mood shifts, right? So if you choose to um, go at it a different way, you could ask one of these
2: questions. What are you feeling or what can you feel good about? What's working well for you at the moment? what are you doing or managing well? So you start with the, the, these questions and then if you wanna go into what are you finding
1: challenging or not managing well, you can. And the, the first three questions, what are you feeling? What are you feeling good about? And so on and so forth, it gets people to focus on things that they can celebrate They can acknowledge, like, wow, I can't believe I did that. I didn't achieve my goal. But, oh, I actually got up at 5 a.m. all week to exercise. Wow, that's new. So start with, I prefer to ask people to start with what's working well, to get them, to help them get into a more empowered state or emotions and, and, and remind themselves, like, oh, I am capable. There were some things that worked. And then they could focus on, OK, so what are some issues? And we can go into that in, as opposed to starting with, oh, what's not, oh, it's not, what's not working well? OK. And you feel it's a different energy going towards problem solving. Right? Another question I love
2: to offer is, what have you learned so far that could be helpful moving forward? This is similar to the very, the second question about describing a successful
1: day, what made it successful. This one is, is more immediate, applies to the current situation. What have you learned so far that could be helpful moving forward?
2: And it gets people to reflect. There's an assumption that you can move forward. There are ways
1: or ideas that will help you do that. And it's a how question. Like, what have you learned so far? Could? So there's some picking out kind of elements of like, hmm, yeah, what could I, what have I learned? What can I apply? Right.
2: And then another question is, which of your top strengths can you leverage to help you move forward? Which of your top strengths can help you move forward? So
1: here we're talking about the application of your top strengths. So maybe, so as an example, let's say that, let's say that maybe one of the things that doesn't always work well for you is brainstorming sessions. So some people really feel like, wow, I love to brainstorm. I I love to ideate. And some people are not as comfortable with brainstorming. And if that's the case for you, sometimes people may feel a bit lost in team meetings, they feel like they can't contribute. But maybe you're somebody who's really good at researching or synthesize ideas or information. Feel free to offer that, offer your strength and say, you know, I'll, I'll do my best to come up with an idea or two, but what I can also do is to compile. I'll compile all the ideas that people come up with and kind of synthesize it and or help people talk through the pros and cons for each, right? So this is an example of how you can still participate, but play to your strengths. Yeah. And how did that resonate with you?
0: Yeah, I mean, there there's so many different types of questions and definitely so many in a way, like I, I kind of see it as also like checkpoints, you know, as, as folks start to reach different aspects of their goal where they start to maybe either encounter a challenge or or get to a point where they're like, okay, maybe I want to check in. Like these could be really impactful questions to get them to now sort of hone in on, okay, where am I really at? How how can I gauge where I'm at, as opposed to just sort of aimlessly, you know, going about their goal. Um, so definitely, I think a lot of these questions can really provide that sort of um, you know meaningful reflection time for them to really see like, where am I at in my goal process?
2: Yeah, and I have one more question to offer,
1: which is, what's one thing that now they've done some reflecting? Maybe you have a list of ideas or elements of success, and you have you have a list of something, and then, you feel like, oh my gosh, I feel stuck because I don't know where to begin. There's so many things. So this next question I think will help in terms of when you feel like there's many op- too many options or there's too many action items or just feel like, oh, too
2: overwhelmed. The next question is, what's one thing that you could do to take a step in the right direction? Emphasis on one thing and one thing
1: could be a small step it could be making a phone call or doing research on the internet to just get the ball rolling just get things started and then once you take an action see what happens you could and then you can make a different choice or you can keep going with that action so just it's really just to help people get unstuck and that you don't have to One thing I love to share with folks is, and it's based on my own experience too, is that I feel like sometimes I don't know everything, even though I like to research, I like to talk people, talk to people. And but I feel like there's there's still unknowns out there and I don't know exactly what's gonna happen if I take an action. Right. And so I feel like sometimes people might feel paralyzed, you're afraid of making a mistake. So if that's the case, when you take an action is to take an action that's relatively, it's it's not going to stretch your comfort zone. It could be a small step, right? Something that's going to feel like, okay, I am leaning into this goal. I am starting to take action, but I'm going to take a safe step. It's not going to stretch me too much and see what happens. And some people, they might feel more energized by taking a bold step right? Okay, I'm going to read 300 books in one year, that energizes me. So they're going to take, they're going to set that kind of goal. And other people will be like, no, I'm going to start with a chapter a week. Right? But one thing that's one thing is what we could focus on at a time.
0: I love that you brought that up, because it it reminds me of like a book that I'm reading right now, where, you know, I think the traditional idea is that like, you know, we, we seek to be inspired first, which then motivates us, which then leads us to action. But I think, you know, even what you're saying and even the book that I'm reading, it's sort of being able to kind of flip that a little bit to say like, hey, yep. it, even if we take that action, that could then lead us to maybe motivating us to do other things, which could then inspire us. And, and sort of, I think sometimes we, we forget that just the movement, just the sort of the forward movement of action whether that may be something small or something large or or even something maybe not even as related just a action itself can sort of provide that momentum for us
1: and motivation
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah
1: Mm -hmm.
0: absolutely yeah yeah I, i i love everything that we talked about today because it really brings up this sort of whole notion that you know there's a lot of this sort of untapped potential there's a lot of these different strengths that we can lean into and different strategies that maybe we haven't tried yet that, that could sort of give us a new approach in terms of our work, in terms of our, even our, our self-care and our life. So I definitely want to say first, thank you uh, for, for introducing this, for, for bringing in all these great perspectives. And so I, I really want to lean into, to ask, you know, for sort of our final part is well, what are some final takeaways or last words that you may have for our listeners?
2: From my heart to yours, anyone who's listening or watching, you are a gift. You're unique. And you bring so many things, your strengths, your talents
1: to the table. And if you don't know your strengths, or if you haven't been applying your strengths to your daily lives or work, please give yourself the gift of time and energy to look into what your strengths are and figure out ways to apply them into your into your lives. Because the world will benefit your family members, your coworkers, your communities will benefit from you expressing your gifts. And you're going to create a ripple effect and I honor you and I appreciate you listening today and good luck in tapping into your gifts, your strengths. And I'm excited. I'm excited for you.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I love that sentiment because it really sort of helps to honor like the whole self. You know, how do we honor the whole self of us and, and in being un, un, uncover that? to to offer to the world. So yeah, thank you so much for that. And and thank you, Joanne, for for being on this episode uh, of the Academy I3 podcast. So um, thank you. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you. And thank you to our listeners as well for joining us for this episode. Um, We'll be back with another episode pretty soon. We'll catch you then. Take care, everyone.